0: you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to Isaiah chapter 56? When you get there, if you would stand uh, for the reading of God's Word, Isaiah 56 and verses 6 and 7. Isaiah 56 verses 6 and 7. Once you get there, if you'd stand to your feet, we'll wait on everyone so we can read and honor the Word of God together tonight. Praise the Lord. Isaiah 56 and verse 6 and verse 7. Praise the Lord. Isaiah 56... And verse 6 and 7. Amen. I believe we're all there tonight. Let's all read it together. Also, the sons of the strangers that join themselves to the Lord, to serve him, and to love the name of the Lord, to be his servants, every one that keepeth the Sabbath from polluting it, and taketh hold of my covenant, even them will I bring to my holy mountain, and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices shall be accepted upon mine altar. For mine house shall be called an house of prayer for all people. And you may take your seats. Praise the Lord. Amen. A house of prayer, a house of prayer for all people. That's his house tonight. Last week, we looked at the sons of the strangers. You'll remember, this is a prophecy of the day and the hour that through the new covenant, the sons of the strangers will be brought in to this new covenant in his blood. If you remember again, turning back to Ephesians, Uh, Chapter 2, just to remind us uh, of the privileges we have by laying hold of this covenant. But in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 11, it reminds us there of the wonderful work of this new covenant. It says, Ephesians 2 and 11, Wherefore, remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called on circumcision, that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands. That at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in this world, but God and the mercy of God, that through his great salvation and through the grace of God, that we have been brought in to the new covenant in his grace and by his blood. And tonight we are no longer strangers, but we are the sons of God. We've received the adoption whereby we can cry, Abba, Father. Now in this verse in Isaiah 56, these two verses We have read there tonight that in this new covenant that we would be brought in, led hold of that covenant. And then in verse 7, he says these words, Even them will I bring to my holy mountain. That we'll be brought by the new covenant into a place known as the holy mountain. Now if you go back into Isaiah chapter 2, you'll read here prophetically, And we're going to just for a couple of moments look at this at the holy mountain. uh, Just very quickly to see it. But Isaiah chapter 2 and verse 1. And the word that Isaiah the son of Amos saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. It shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the tops of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills. He's speaking here of the last days that the house of the Lord shall be established. So this idea that in the last days the church will whimper out, it will, it will fall away, it will be backslidden, it will be defeated, it will have no identity, it will be a nothing in this world is contrary to God's word. He's coming back. For a triumphant church. Jesus says that we are a city. Where are we set? We are set upon a hill. And we are going to light up this world. With the light of the gospel. And the power of the spirit of God. For the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. It says there in Isaiah. That all the nations shall flow into it. From every tribe and every tongue. There will be a gathering in. Of the people of the earth. Into the city that is set on a hill. Into this mountain of the Lord. And many People shall go and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us his ways. We will walk in his paths, for out of Sion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Now we understand tonight in the new covenant, the spiritual application of this, when we're looking at this holy mountain the house of God, if you turn over the Hebrews chapter 12, just for a moment. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 18. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 18. In the new covenant, the house of God, we know in the old that it was in Jerusalem. It was the temple. It was on the temple mount. And we know that there was the holy place, the holy of holies, the Shekinah glory, the mercy seat, the Ark of the Covenant, and so forth. All the the pattern of that old was was a shadow of that which was to come that we're a part of today. So Hebrews 12 and verse 18 says, For ye are not come unto that mount that might be touched and burned with fire, nor unto blackness and darkness and tempest. That's Mount Sinai and the sound of a trumpet, and the voice of words, which voice they that heard entreated that the word should not be spoken to any of, to them anymore, for they could not endure that which was commanded. And if so much as a beast touched the mountain, it was stoned or thrust through with the dart. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and I quake. I'm thankful that we're not coming to this mountain tonight because there wouldn't be one person in this room that would be able to stand. But verse 22 tells us what we have come to. But we have come onto Mount Zion and onto the city of the living God, onto the heavenly Jerusalem and to innumerable company of angels. Do you know we have a great innumerable company of angels tonight the host of heaven are all round about us and they're looking on tonight at this prayer meeting and they wonder at the wonderful work of grace and great salvation that God would save someone like me and save someone like you and give us this privilege we are here tonight and there's innumerable company of angels There are angels all around. We're on holy ground tonight. There are angels all about us, friends. You may not sense it. You may not feel it. But thank God the angel of the Lord encampeth around them. Not fear him. And he is here tonight. Jesus himself. Verse 23 says we're here to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn which are written in heaven and to God the judge of all and to the spirits of just men made perfect and to Jesus the mediator of a new covenant and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh of better things than Abel." We have come to a holy mountain tonight that is Mount Zion. We understand this, again, if you turn over to 1 Peter chapter 2, just for a moment. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 5. We understand this spiritual house, this holy mountain that we are being brought into tonight. In 1 Peter 2 and 5, again, you know these scriptures well, but it says, Ye also, as living or lively stones, are built up a spiritual house a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ, wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect and precious, and he that believeth in him will not be confounded. This is this mountain that Isaiah is speaking of, that we will be brought into. It's a spiritual house. It is a habitation. The chief cornerstone of that house. That is Jesus Christ himself. Now what does it say in verse 7 in Isaiah 56? He says the sons of the strangers. Through the power of the new covenant. Will be brought to his holy mountain. By the grace of God we have been brought in. To the habitation of God tonight. Thank God for that grace into the holy presence of Almighty God. He is a thrice holy God. But through the blood of Jesus, through the finished work of the cross, we all can enter in to this holy place tonight. That this, this tabernacle, not the building, but the gathering of the people of God tonight is where God comes down and God himself dwells. Thank God tonight for the blood because if there was no blood and there was the awesome revelation of His holiness, there isn't one person can stand tonight. That's the awesome part of the blood of Jesus. Now here it says in verse 7, He will bring them, the sons of the strangers, through the covenant into my holy mountain. And I want you to notice something tonight and it's important for the place of prayer. The prophecy says, I will make them what? What does it say? Could you say it out loud? Joyful Joyful in my house of prayer. That He would bring us in through the new covenant and He would make us joyful in the house of prayer. Brothers and sisters tonight, are you joyful? I touched on it this morning, but I'm going to touch on it again tonight. Have you got the joy of the Lord? You know, we teach the children the song. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. And then they shout. Thank you. There's three of them still with us. Haven't fallen asleep. Trevor's here too. But friends, we teach them the song. We teach them the actions. But friends, it's so important that we must know we've got this joy. He said, I'll make you joyful in my house. My house of prayer. This is his house. Now turn over to Isaiah chapter 6. A time when God's people had come out of Babylon. There was a rebuilding. There was a restoration after the judgment of God upon Israel for 70 years. And now they're coming back. It was wreck, It was ruin. It's very similar to the world that we're in. You know, this land is shipwrecked. It is completely bankrupt. And it is sinking fast into darkness and depravity. But there's a people that God has across this land. Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 21. It says these words. And the children of Israel, which were come again out of captivity, and all such as separated themselves unto them from the filthiness of the heathen of the land. Now listen, friends, very carefully. There, there is a filthiness in this nation. It is filthy. There is a depravity. There is a wickedness. There is, a, there is an outpouring of wickedness. It, is, it has not been like this before. But the sons of the strangers through the new covenant and by the grace of God will lay hold of that covenant. They'll come into His holy mountain and they'll separate themselves from this world its system, its standards, and its values. They now call us evil. That which is good is evil, and that which is evil is good. And so we come tonight separated from this world, just like them, and we're here to seek the Lord God of Israel, and they did eat. And they kept the feast of unleavened bread, seven days with joy, not followed immediately after that Passover, that seven days when they would take all the leaven, leaven as a type of sin. And so they would take all the leaven out of their house just after the Passover meal as they remembered the great things that the Lord had done for them when they took the lamb and they applied the lamb to the doorposts and the lintel of their houses and there was a passing over that house and they were saved and everyone that was in the house that had the blood applied, praise the Lord, they were saved. And then there were seven days when they would look out and seek out all the leaven that was in that home and they would make sure that that house was cleansed. Well, I thank God tonight there's only one thing that cleanses a house and that's the blood of Jesus Christ. And so we're called to be separated. And look what it says. The feast of unleavened bread, seven days, but they did it with joy. They were rejoicing that they were cleansed. I want to tell you something so much greater has happened to you and to me tonight if you're saved. We have been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. We're cleansed. It's as though we have never sinned. We stand perfect before a holy God tonight and that's something that we should have joy about. That's enough to be rejoicing in the Lord. And the Lord had made them, it says, Joyful. The Lord had made them joyful and turned the heart of the king of Israel unto them. Now I want to show you something tonight: the turning, the turning of that heart of the king of Assyria unto them. Brothers and sisters, this is the awesome part. Of God himself tonight. You know this nation needs God. More than ever before. We need a move of the spirit. Of the living God. We need hearts to be turned. In our land. Because hearts have been hardened. Through sin and rebellion. But there is a power tonight. That's a. The greatest power that there ever has been in this planet and ever seen. And that's the power of the Holy Ghost to turn the hearts of men and women unto God. We need that move of the Spirit of God. And so it says here that the Lord strengthened their hands in the work of the house of the Lord. And we need that strength tonight in the place of prayer. Would you say amen if you believe that? We need the strength of God. We need the power of the Holy Ghost. I know Sundays can be a long day. I know maybe someone's already thinking about tomorrow. But friends, we got to take ground here tonight. we got to get focused in the place of prayer here tonight. We can't miss what God wants to do in this house tonight. That God would strengthen our hands spiritually in the place of prayer. In Isaiah chapter 12, It tells us these words. Here's here's the privilege that we have in the place of prayer tonight. Isaiah chapter 12 verse 2 says this. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust, and there's this instruction again, and I will not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah, He is my strength and my song. And He also has become my salvation. Now what does it say there in verse 3? Therefore, with joy shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation. He will bring us into his house and he will cause us that be the experience that joy of the Lord in his house of prayer. So when we come to prayer, listen carefully, friends. When we come to prayer, this is a prophecy concerning us and the privilege we have. With joy, we can draw water out of the wells of salvation. Do you know tonight, this is a wonderful thing. Do you know there's a wonderful well tonight. That woman sat at that well And he came and he said, if you drink of that water, you'll thirst again. But if you drink of the water that I give you, you'll never thirst again. This is the living water. We have all these requests. There's nearly too many even to mention them all tonight on this sheet. The sheet is full of names and needs. People that need healed. People that need delivered. People that need set free. People whose minds are tormented. People tonight that are lying at death's door that need a miracle. And this God intervenes, they'll go into eternity very soon. There's people to, our nation is broken. It is overrun by demonic spirits and the spirit of Antichrist. There is darkness all across the land. Our politics are broken. Our health system is broken. Everything is broken. Friends, tonight there's a shaking in the nation. There's a judgment of God upon the land. God has come and God is, is judging the nation at this time. But here's the privilege that we have. There's a well of salvation that we can come tonight. There's There's an answer in the well. And that answer is Jesus Christ. There's an answer for the broken. There's an answer for the unsaved. There's an answer for a nation tonight. And it's all found in that well. And that well is Jesus Christ. And we come tonight not depressed or in unbelief or fearful. But with joy tonight there's an answer for the world. We can come. You bring your prayer request. Where are you going to bring it to? Praise the Lord to the throne of grace. There's a well tonight. I can find an answer in that well. It shall never run dry praise God tonight. There's an answer for a home. There's an answer for a marriage. There's an answer for a town. There's an answer for the suicidal. There's an answer for the broken. There's an answer for the lonely. There's an answer while a plague sweeps over our nation. Where do we find it? We find it in that well. And we can come tonight with the joy of the Lord. We have hope tonight, friends. In a world that has no hope. We have an answer tonight, friends. If you're dry and you're empty, I want to tell you, there's a well to come to tonight. And that's the well of salvation. And we come what way? We come with joy. That's what it says. We come with joy. In Nehemiah chapter 8. Again, a contemporary of Ezra. But it says these words. The the Lord is speaking through Nehemiah and says, For this day is holy unto the Lord. Don't be sorry. For the joy of the Lord is what? It's your strength. Anybody, I hear people confessing, and it's a wonderful thing to be honest. I feel so weak. I feel so enabled. I don't don't feel I have the ability. Thank God tonight for the honesty and prayer. But friends, here's your strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. There's strength in the place of prayer high. I'll bring my, my sons and my daughters into my house through that new covenant. I'll bring them to my holy mountain, but I'll bring them with joy. Joy's going to be in my house, because that's your strength. The joy of the Lord will be my strength. Does Zion, does Zion, the spiritual need strength. Does it need strength? I want to tell your friends it needs strength. When Zion travails. When there's the ability and the place of prayer, when the womb is strong and the body is strong and spirit, and there's a strength that comes upon Zion, when Zion reveals what happens, there's birth in the house, and tell your friends there's joy in heaven over sinners being saved. And Psalm 118:24 says, "This is the day which the Lord has made, and we will rejoice." And be glad. We will be glad in it. It's God's day today, friends. Whatever they're doing in the primrose, they can do it. But such were some of we. That should make you happy tonight that you were once in the bar on a Sunday night. But tonight you're in the house of God. That should make you rejoice tonight, brothers and sisters. But what a time. Or what happens when there's a day of great distress. What way should it be? Do you still have joy in a time of distress? Does God give us an answer? God God give us a buy ball on the times of distress? Well, Psalm 32, coming to an end in a moment, but Psalm 32. This was a time, a Psalm of David, a prayer that was during a time in his life of great, great distress. And this is what he said. Psalm chapter 32, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven. And whose sin is covered. You're blessed tonight if that's you. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity. And in whose spirit there is no guile. When I kept silence, My bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer. I acknowledged my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgivest the iniquity of my sin, Selah. If we confess our sins, what is he? He's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I tell you, friends, there's still a fountain tonight. I tell you, Saint, tonight, if you feel there's still a fountain. I tell you tonight, if the devil's knocked you about a bit and you feel down in spirit and you feel you've let the Lord down, I'm going to tell you something. There's still a fountain you can draw from tonight and know the joy of this great salvation. Verse 6 says, For this shall everyone that is godly pray unto thee in the time when thou mayest be found. Surely, this is what he says, in the floods of great waters... They shall not come nigh unto him. I tell you friends, there's floods of great waters. I tell you, the Bible tells us, not if, but when, the enemy comes in like a flood. I tell you friends, you know it and I know it. He has come in like a flood. He's come in with all the fury of hell in this day. But when he does, and friends, it might even be this very night in this prayer meeting, We seem to too often be putting everything off the years down the road. But maybe even tonight, the Spirit of the Lord will break out in this meeting and raise up a standard against the powers of darkness. And revival could break out in this meeting tonight. (coughs) Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. There's songs of deliverance. That he will put round us. Friends there's innumerable number of angels. And perhaps even tonight. If God would stop our ears. To the realm of the heavenly and the spiritual. We'll hear the host of heaven. Rejoicing over the great work of the king of kings. Who is the king of glory? He's the Lord strong and mighty in battle. Those are great songs of deliverance aren't they? I will instruct thee, I will teach thee in the way which thou shalt go, and I will guide thee with mine eye. Now listen carefully tonight. This is what he says. Be ye not as the horse or the mule, which have no understanding, whose mouth must be held in with a bit and a bridle, lest they come near unto me. Don't be stubborn in your spirit. Yield yourself to God. Give yourself to God. Open your heart to God tonight. Give yourself. Humble yourself. Someone prayed it tonight. If my people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn, he said, Don't be like the donkey. Don't be like the horse. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked. But he that trusteth in the Lord, look what happens. Mercy. Shall compass him about. Verse 11. Be glad in the Lord. And rejoice ye righteous. And what does it say? And shout for joy. joy. You're not allowed to shout. (laughs) Yes you are. You can shout here. And shout for joy. Oh dear it didn't go down too well. You're allowed to shout by the way. You're allowed to shout in the house of God because there's a shout of the king in this house. This is his house. All ye that are upright in heart, be glad in the Lord and rejoice. Tim, I don't necessarily feel like that tonight. I want to tell you, friends, if I went by my feelings, if you went by your feelings, I don't know where you'd be tonight and I don't really know where I'd be tonight but I'm not here in my feelings. I'm here in faith. And it's faith is how we come. He's going to bring us to his house make them joyful. Could I say a few things? This house, his house, it's not a house of depression. Would you say amen? amen. And it's not a house of despair. Would you say amen to that too? And it's not a house of death because the dead don't praise the Lord but we're alive tonight. It's not a house of doom. And it's not a house of gloom. And it's not a house of fear. But it's a house of prayer. And he makes us glad or joyful in his house. What are we to pray for tonight? There's many needs. But I want to mention just a few as we come to prayer. What are we to pray for? I tell you friends. We need to bombard the throne of grace for this nation. I mean friends we need to pray for the land. We need to pray for the nation. What should we pray? Let me tell you what we need to pray. The judgment of God is upon these nations. I mentioned it this morning. I'll mention it again tonight. What is happening in our land is the judgment of God. This is God judging the nation. Why? The Bible says, what ye sow, ye shall also reap. The nation that forgets God, you know it well, shall be turned into hell. And it's hell on our streets. It's hell, friends, on our streets. We need to pray. What should we pray? When we have a covenant, when we are no longer strangers, when we are in the house, the spiritual house, and we have the joy of the Lord, and we can draw from a well tonight, there's no hindrance. What should we pray? I tell you what we need to pray for our nation. We need to plead for mercy. Mercy. Lord, would you have mercy on this land? Would you have mercy on our leaders? Lord, forgive us for the sins, for the laws that we have brought in. We have brought in abortion. We have brought in same-sex marriage. We have thought that we we have set ourselves up as gods in our own eyes. Lord, would you be merciful to us? Because he's a God that is abundant in mercy. We need to pray because we're told to. Whether you like them or you don't. But we need to pray for the leaders of the nation. So that means we need to pray for Arlene Foster. That means we need to pray. Whether you think she's doing a good job or not. I personally don't. But I'm still going to pray for him. We need to pray for Michelle O'Neill. We need to pray for Boris Johnston. We need to pray for the Queen of England. We need to pray that God would have mercy on our leaders. Friends, they have brought laws and the Queen has signed these laws off. They could not be passed unless she signed them. I tell you, that king of Assyria, her, his heart was turned. May God turn that old lady in their 90s, but may God turn her heart. May someone stand up. Plead for mercy. He sought for someone to stand in the gap. To plead for mercy. Pray for our leaders. Pray for the church of Jesus Christ. And what should we pray? What should we pray? I want to tell you what's happening, friends. And I've touched on it a lot this morning. But I want to say something. The church is being intimidated it's being bullied by the spirit of Antichrist. That's what's happening. That's what's happening. People are fearful. Church leaders are fearful because they're being intimidated. Let me tell you what the Bible says. We need to pray for our brothers and sisters. We're all in the same team. Watch that spirit of division. We're all together, but we need to pray for one another. Pray that out of this there'll be leaders and men and women that will rise up And they'll stand in the evil day. And they'll stand for Jesus. And we'll stand together. Pray for the church that it would be revived and stirred. Stirred by the Spirit of God. And lastly friends. I know it's heavy on all our hearts. But pray in the harvest. Friends there is a harvest. The fields are white. There is a harvest. But pray for the harvest. But more importantly. Pray for the laborers in the harvest. Because that's what Jesus told us to do. Pray for them. We need to pray. But we come with joy. It's not hopeless. We've got hope. We've got Jesus. We have a fountain that we can draw from tonight. I want to encourage you saints. I want to encourage young people. I want to encourage older people. I want to encourage maybe those that are a bit more timid at times. I want to encourage everyone tonight. We need to pray for this land. May God breathe on this meeting tonight and give us all a fresh influence of the Holy Ghost to pray, not in our strength, but to pray in the spirit, to pray in the understanding, but to pray and to pray through tonight that that river, that life, and that fountain is opened. We come tonight not hopeless, but we come with a great hope. That hope is Jesus Christ. Could I encourage you to pray tonight, friend? You say, Well, Tim, listen, I'm here tonight, but you don't really know where it all's at. Well, I don't really need to know where it is all at, but what I can tell you of assurance if you're willing not to be like that horse or that donkey, but just simply to get on your knees and say, God, would you have mercy in me? I'm going to tell you, He's abundant in mercy. And He'll you flood your soul afresh with the power of the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Ghost tonight, friends. So let us pray. Let us seek the Lord. Wonder would you just stand with me for a moment?